Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. Cause I'm alive and well, that's because I didn't get eaten by a grizzly or fall off the side of a mountain, get charged by a bull moose or even a mama moose. Have you guys seen that video that's kind of going viral on Instagram? You probably have to have kind of like the niche hashtag followings that I have, which are all wildlife and hunting based. So maybe you don't see all the stuff that I see because you have a normal life, but there's this video in fact edwin one of the guys that went on the hunt uh with us he sent me this video of this mama moose a cow chasing a grizzly chase that thing so hard that that grizzly like ran face first into the side of a building is kind of funny but uh yeah didn't get didn't get charged or mauled or or you know uh obliterated by either of those critters the two critters that i'm afraid of here in uh, the lower 48 and you know the most likely thing to probably happen on such a journey that i went on is probably to get in like some terrible car accident that didn't happen either thankfully it was all safe back home safe and sound and uh man did we have a great time and it's gonna be kind of weird in this episode because we recorded it a little over a month ago almost to the day, really. And uh, we talk about a preview for this hunt. And uh, I don't know, it's just kind of weird now. It's like (laughs) going back and listening to it. I feel like, man, what I didn't know. And uh, I try to spare you some of that because we have talked about this trip quite a bit. And so I chopped up some of it. And... um, you know, because it was so old, and actually, there, there's a couple reasons here. I nearly did not publish this episode. And in fact, I'm re recording this intro right now because I had terrible technical difficulties just moments ago. And uh, then I really started feeling like this episode just maybe shouldn't hit the hit, hit the press, but um, it's, I'm, I'm still, I'm still going to publish it for several reasons. Okay. Uh, even though it's old. And even though the audio quality isn't that great because Caleb and I were sharing a mic for this, um, turns out you can't have Skype going as one sound input and you can't have then two other separate mics. So we had to just go with the built-in mic on the laptop. So you're going to hear some background noise. You're going to kind of hear some echoing coming from the other guys. We tried to keep the volume down low enough to where that wasn't happening so bad. And I tried to chop it out as best as I could. But the audio is not going to be great. It's going to be kind of old content. But it is Caleb's first ever appearance on the podcast. He's now hopefully going to be a regular member of our Hunt Therapy episodes. And uh, uh, I really want you to get to know him. Caleb has become... Uh, like my, uh, you know, go-to shed hunting buddy. He's a, as obsessed with shed hunting as I am. And uh, we had a great time uh, looking for antlers together this spring. And so I definitely want you guys to get to know him. 
he's fun to listen to. He knows a lot about hunting and, and the outdoors, and he's got a great perspective on on it from from uh, uh, where he stands. So, uh, I, that that's really the main reason I'm keeping it. Also, we had the whole crew together. We had all five of us on for hunt therapy. Yep, even old Jake or Duke could climb out of a, 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 a sealer tank to come talk to us again on on. Uh, this episode so plenty of reasons to keep it going and we just had a ton of laughs on this one it's a pretty funny episode we go crazy all over the place as you know as normal so uh it's a lot of fun so i decided to keep it uh but before uh i you know officially kick this one off and and turn you loose here to listen to the episode i do want to say this yesterday i spent about nine hours driving to and from St. Paul, Minnesota, to go and interview one familiar voice, uh, Mr. Bob St. Pierre, the guy I like to refer to as the voice of pheasants and quail forever. Um, Let me just say this right now. Bob St. Pierre, there is not a better dude in the outdoor industry than him. He's up there with Brad Luttrell and and, uh, Bill Thompson level, like just a really good dude who goes out of his way to help others and uh, uses his platform for uh, making the outdoor space a much better thing. So uh, I was up, anyways, I was up there with my new job. I work for uh, Hoxie Native Seas. I have uh, the job of being uh, the production manager part of my duties help with a new podcast that we're running that's right brand new so new you can't even find it yet but i'm gonna tell you how on june the 15th we have a official release of the prairie farm podcast and you'll get to hear that interview with bob and then we did another interview while we were up there i mean if you're gonna drive nine hours you better make it worth it right and uh we we uh I uh, interviewed the president and CEO, Mr. Howard Vincent. Just a fantastic interview with him as well. That will uh, eventually be aired on the Prairie Farm Podcast, releasing once again June 15th. So uh, make sure you check those out. Uh, my colleague and, and really my friend now, Mr. Nicholas Lirio, is uh, the one who hosts that show with me. And uh, we just have a ton of fun. And it's, it's a totally different experience than listening to First Gen Hunter. So if you want to kind of hear me in a different context, make sure you go check that out. All right, let's go ahead and get this one kicked off. This is episode 89. We're 11 from the, the 100 mark. We're getting close, people. And uh, it's a really good one. And don't forget, it's also presented by a really good company, Spartan Forge. They have the best e-scouting hunt navigation deer behavior prediction app on the market in fact they probably have the only one that does all those things on the market it's very affordable it is constantly improving it's already a great app but bill is just so obsessed with making it the absolute best thing that you can have the best experience for its users he's constantly upgrading and uh, pushing out updates that really make the uh, app so much more powerful each and every time you open it up and uh, it makes you uh, that much better equipped honestly i used it a lot last season when deer season comes rolling around you're trying to decide what days you can get out there to hunt and which stands you should be hunting and what you can expect to be coming from the deer with scary reliability i mean it's it 
it is it is crazy how accurate that that app is so make sure you go check out spartan forge pay for the subscription download the app and be wowed yourself all right here we go episode 89 of the first gen hunter podcast thank you each and every one of you for tuning in Hey, 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 everybody. Another Hunt Therapy episode, and it is a one-of-a-kind episode. First time ever. Five people, one podcast. There could be just an unprecedented number of technical issues with trying to do this. Uh, We already ran into one. I think uh, Alex is about ready to reach through the uh, webcam and grab me by the neck when I kept asking if they could hear me on different microphones before we we started. Before Wait, just... <laughs> oh, don't even go there, buddy. You almost <laughs> had me, Jake, but I, I was like, "Wait a minute, no, that—that's Jake that asked that, so he's definitely messing with me." But uh, we got a new voice tonight. We got uh, Mr. Caleb Drake, the guy who is just as obsessed with shed hunting as I am. So, Caleb, would you like to wave to our uh, listeners? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on, Kent. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Oh, for sure, man. It's, uh, you know, the maybe we should just tell the story, how we met, just do it one time. It's, I mean, it's, it's weird. It's convoluted. It's like one of those things where I can't believe we didn't already know each other. Um, but alas, we didn't already know each other somehow. And uh, so it, it, it kind of goes back to uh, where we both just moved from, or actually Caleb's in the process of moving from. So back in the Quad City area, uh, Jake is uh, still in that area. Um, that's where I grew up. Caleb grew up there as well. We had no idea who each other were, though. <laughs> and uh, turns out my brother-in-law, Ben, who you may have seen in an Instagram post, picked up his first shed ever uh, about a, oh, month and a, half, a month and a half ago, I think. And what's cool is Ben was with me when I picked up my first shed ever, uh, back when I was first starting to get into this stuff. You know, uh, I actually started shed hunting before I started deer hunting, before I did any kind of hunting. I was living in an apartment complex in Bettendorf, Iowa, and there was a park close by, that uh, city park that I knew some deer running around in. And uh, I think I dragged my wife out there just about every day after work and uh, dragged my brother-in-law out there a few times, my cousin. Finally. Picked up an antler and it was with Ben, and uh, I was hooked since. And uh, anyways, Ben is a pastor, and so he uh, interacts with all the other area religious leaders, I guess you could say. And uh, Caleb's dad works at kind of, I guess you'd say, like a youth outreach center, right, Caleb? Yeah, that's, that's about right. Yeah, it's a ministry. Yep. Yep. So ministry, you know, work for both guys. So they're interacting, they're, they're rubbing shoulders and, uh, through conversation there, 
uh, it came up that Caleb was moving to the area where I live now. And I'm not going to tell you where that is because I don't want any of you cinching up on my hunting ground. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll knock on the door first. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to know because they don't want to come and find the pooper down your street. So <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Dude, I think I scared the guy off. I think that might have been him in that car. The mysterious car where the guy started screaming at me on my way to work. Because <laughs> since that time, I mean, it was like rapid fire. Somebody was hitting the road, man. There was TP all strung up in the barbed wire along the, the roadside. And I was blown out into the branches and everything. And since then, there has not been an occurrence for several weeks mm. now. So I don't know. I, I kind of wonder if, uh, you know, I found the psychopath and scared them off but if it does show back mm -hmm. up i i i am strongly considering going and knocking on the person's house knocking on the door on the person who lives closest to the uh offensive material and uh be like hey have you noticed someone uh crapping on your street front right there and uh yeah. see what see what they say and then if so <laughs> I'm putting. Up, I'm going to try and get a trail camera up. Oh, we no. need to. We need to get to the bottom of this. No pun intended. And uh, we need to. We need. We need to figure out what's going on here. And uh, I definitely want it so that I have some uh, some uh, good trail camera footage to share with Alex and uh, Brandon. Uh, oh, thank on, you. You're on the eastern part of our country. <laughs> Jake knows he's going to get it no, by no, fall, anyways. The, the the question is the question is do you already have a relationship established with that individual, or would would you use that as the segue to uh, to greet the new neighbor? <laughs> you know, Brand, I never thought of that until right now. I have no idea who lives there. <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not bridge the gap? You know what they say: uh, adversity uh, brings people together. That would, that would uh, yeah. I think having a common a common enemy might bring us together, you know. Mm -hmm. The mad yep. crap well, brought us together. So I think uh I think it I think it could work, but <laughs> no uh uh we so how do we get here? Oh I, I was talking about how I'm not telling telling y'all where I live. Yeah, then I, then then I'll just be inviting people to be crapping in my driveway probably. But, <laughs> but uh no Caleb Caleb moved to the same area and um I was driving home from work one day and uh get a ring on the phone and uh there's this guy, Caleb. He's like, hey, your brother-in-law gave me your number. I like the hunt. You like the hunt. I own a Brittany. You own a Brittany. And uh, we should get together and hang out sometime. And I instantly, of course, this might, this will probably surprise you. I started talking about sheds right away. I was like, oh, yeah, it's shed season right now. You know, we should get together and look for some sheds. And and uh, so we did. We Caleb um, met a guy that I had met through doing some volu volunteer work actually in the area for uh, like a youth outdoor day for the County Conservation Board. And, and uh, Caleb uh, was like, Hey, um, would you mind if we came out and look for sheds on your farm? And guys like, yeah, go for it. Someone I think already has come through once, but you're welcome to see if you can find any. And uh, I think we found, Three sheds in what was it, Caleb? 
two hours, maybe yeah, just maybe, under two yeah, hours. Maybe two. So just under two hours of shed hunting. I think we found maybe three deadheads, three sheds that first day. We didn't none of the deadheads were worth were worth keeping. But mm. yeah, none of the deadheads were worth keeping, but we did find three good sheds. And uh once you know it's once we got that little taste for a a uh good place to look for antlers and we realized how much ground we hadn't hit yet we were like all right we got to go back and uh that's when the madness happened right caleb yeah i think that it was it was quite insane we we thought after we walked it that first day that either somebody walked just the edges of the timber or Mm. they were really bad at shed hunting one of the two (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and i and i i i'll say i'll spare you all the the recap because I gave it in the last episode of hunt therapy, but, but yeah, we just, I mean, started getting in these shed hunts, you know, at least once a week after work, just pick it, scooping up sheds. And, and I think probably the coolest thing was, and I think I even mentioned this in the last episode, but I'll hit it again just cause you know, it's, it's kind of a cool little part of our friendship. What we had like a, this dynamite day, I was like, Caleb, we should try and each of us hit 20 this year. Mm. I, we were under 10 at that point. But, like, because we found so many sheds in such a short amount of time and there was still so much ground that we needed to cover, it mm. felt somewhat doable. But it really felt like one of those long shot type things, too. And uh, yeah. Caleb actually outdid me. He picked up 21. And mm-hmm. I picked up 20 this year. But – uh just a just a phenomenal year already having a great time we're working on getting some uh hunting permission so we can uh, not nice. just, not just look for look for the sheds but hopefully you know find the deer that carry them and uh, put an arrow in them but mm-hmm. uh that's i think we have one spot that we're for sure mm-hmm. we're, we we have some permission locked in on it we I and mean, i think we have some pretty well for sure uh pheasant permission I confirmed nice. that yesterday, actually. We, oh, we do for nice. sure have permission for pheasants. Maybe, oh, maybe nice. more than we thought even, too. So Wow. The, yeah, the door knocking continues. Wow. Nice. So this, is nice. fresh, this is fresh news for me, even, everyone. So you're, you're getting the exclusive here on Hunt Therapy. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now Caleb's been a great friend so far. It's it's fun having somebody to, to uh, and I say so far, like, you know, he hasn't messed it up yet. <laughs> if anybody can tolerate my shed hunting they are a great person so uh no we've we've we really hit it off and we're we're great friends and um looking forward to the hunting side of it though you know just getting out there together and and uh doing some of that we're already talking about maybe starting some filming uh if you if you've been following this channel for a long time you know you know about the first gen hunter youtube channel and i think you know the the not the most recent video but the second most recent video is when jake and i went and uh hunted an island uh, a public ground island and uh (laughs) that was a while ago right jake yeah it's like two years ago (laughs) i think jake and i have shot three bucks since then so it's been it's been a it's been a while ago but uh Looking forward to uh, maybe even doing some of that stuff with Caleb. But that's enough talking about me getting to know Caleb. And actually, if I gave you the full version of all the connections that Caleb and I had uh, before we even met each other, 
uh, it gets just downright crazy. But um, we'll go ahead now and we'll do a little introduction here for our new, uh, hopefully regular, as long as availability is there, <laughs> uh, for yeah. hunt therapy. Uh, Caleb, can you kind of just introduce yourself, you know, tell us a little bit about your background and then especially your background in hunting. Yeah. So to give a little, a little bit more into that story of how Kent and I met, um, my brother-in-law who married my sister, he's been a best friend of mine for years, went to the same high school as Kent. And I think he knew, wow. knows your brother or something, but like he went to the same high school, I'm pretty sure. So, okay. So, who's that? Austin Anderson. Oh, so, oh um, yeah. yeah. Jake has caught catfish out of the Edwards river. Yeah. With Austin Anderson. <laughs> yeah. So that it, it gets even freakier, you know, so that, that's, that, that's, uh, that's how crazy it is when I, you Small know, world. started talking to my, my brother-in-law a little bit about this guy I've been shed hunting with. He's like, wait, what's his, what's his name? What's his last name? He's like, yeah, I think I know them decently well. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, it gets crazier. And actually sitting here, uh, back to some of the shed stuff is, uh, the match side to, to your brother's first shed, which was kind of, that'll be a fun story to share sometime as yeah. well. Oh, that's cool. Um, that we actually, now I share a match set with both, uh, Kent and Ben. So, yeah. so we, we should be split matches, year. people yeah. split matches. So it, but you can tell when I say that it hurts Caleb to the soul a little bit. He's one of those, <laughs> he's one of those purists who, you know, like, he probably he probably would normally if he found the match to somebody if somebody found the first one he'd probably cough it up and give it to him and be like hey here you go here's your match mm-hmm. but to me mm-hmm. I I love splitting matches with people that I like to shed on with you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh, a little over well about a year and a half ago. Uh, my my great friend Luke Fritch and I we were out shed hunting and uh, we found a dead buck a shed buck. And uh, we each took home a side and, and, you know, just kind of like sets that day, you know, hard, hard, printed hard in your memory, I guess is what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. it's pretty cool to share, share a relic like that with somebody, but, but yeah, keep going. No, I tr- and I tried to offer both Kent and his brother the other side. I, you know, I, when, when we found it, we realized it was the other side. I was like, is his birthday coming up? You know, do, wh- when can we get this to him? But in a sense, it kind of locks us in as, uh, as being like blood brothers or something, but without anything weird. You know, so. It's like a friendship bracelet. We spit on each other's yeah. hands and then shook hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, friendship bracelet, right? Yeah, it's yeah. without without doing made, made out of made out of antler. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so. well actually if, if yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna embarrass Caleb here a little bit. The match set that I think he's talking about that oh, we yeah. share. Yep. So shame. Just shame. <laughs> Caleb was walking down a waterway and I was walking down a different waterway. Some people call them like field buffers, buffer strips. And yep, there it is. And, uh, he's like, Oh, I got one. So I came over to get the video of him picking it up or whatever. And I thought he was messing with me because he's like looking at this one, you know, he's examining it. And like, if the wind would have been blowing any harder, this antler would have been like poking him in the foot. Yeah. 
uh, he was like standing on top of the match to this <laughs> antler, and he had no idea it was there. Like he walked right, he walked oh, right man. past it. I had and, to have stepped over it to get to the shed that I had seen. Oh, <laughs> That's how you know you're in the zone. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was he was locked yeah, in on, on that antler, and and so uh, I ended up being like, "Dude, you messing with me?" And he's like, "No, I didn't even see that one." So yeah. you know, finders keepers, <laughs> but. No, but that was, that was that was cool. I, I think uh, it's meant to be there to get you know double a double uh, a double split match set there. So, yep, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I guess to keep my story brief, you know, um, hunting has been a part of my life growing up the whole way. I and Kent and I have talked about some of the first gen gen hunter, second gen hunter aspects of of who I am. You know, I. I grew up kind of under the wing of my dad who started mm. out getting me into the outdoor world. Actually the first type of hunting I ever did was, was duck hunting. Um, and then, and then pheasant hunting. Um, but I, and a couple of weeks ago when we were doing a burnout here, um, we, we talked about, I was actually the first person to harvest a, a white tailed deer with, with archery equipment in mm. my family. So I do have a, I like to think of a little bit of a sense of some first gen hunter within my, my, my roots of myself, um, which is kind of fun, but definitely, um, have found that a lot of what I know started with my dad and, uh, got me into the outdoors. Um, yeah. And the other half of my life, as Kent mentioned, as a coach, I do coach collegiate cross country and track, and that's been something I've done, um, since high school. And so, um, I, my handle on, uh, on Instagram is all American outdoorsman. Um, but yep. the, the, the side of that, the all American side is, uh, is, some of my accolades from when I was an athlete in college. And so, yeah, um, let's, let's, let's hear what those accolades are because when he told me this, I was like totally uh, blown away by what he was saying. So, so yeah, between, between cross country and track and field, um, I was able to gather up a 10, 10 times uh, all American status. Um, in, in well, those, nice. So in some wow. different events. So yeah, so it's definitely a, a cool part yeah, of my background, impressive. but uh, I mean, it's a fun, fun to have that there, but I definitely think that I, I enjoy just getting outside and hunting, fishing, even more than running nowadays. I still do enjoy running quite a bit and coaching that, but uh, yeah, the hunting and fishing for me is is a big part of, of my life. So yeah, I like how you mentioned yeah. that last part because that makes me think a lot of Alex. Alex works well. I mean, in a way, Alex, you could probably almost say that that you are a coach, a full-time coach for your line of work and, uh, you know, physical fitness, taking care of your body, all that is a huge part of what you do. And hunting is kind of your motivation. I mean, obviously you want to be healthy and everything, but, but hunting is like your, where you get to apply your hard work, right? Yep. That's spot on. I mean, uh, as far as, I mean, as far as work goes now for me, I'm more, I mean, an executive level corporate job, but right. you know, when, when I started it, you know, I'm, I'm certified my, my backgrounds in, you know, exercise phys and, and business. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely tie it all in and, and really look at the all encompassing, you know, promotion of how your body really, really works at an optimal level. So, you know, we, we start from the ground up foundationally with your blood work and look internally at what's going on and then dictate your performance uh, metrics at that point and uh, put a plan in place of how you're going to get to the next, you know, next step of what's optimal for you, you know, so you can 
Mm-hmm. You can be proactive instead of reactive. You know, that, that's yeah. what we're looking at. Um, we don't want to be, you know, the, the, the typical doctor scenario or the American model of health is uh, wait until you get sick and then go to the doctor and then give you a pill to band-aid mm. your problem instead of figuring mm-hmm. out what's actually the cause. So we do it a little bit different. You know, we're, we're, we're driving on a more holistic approach and, you know, working through, you know, most of the time proactive medicine because I'm going to get long winded here, but, but a doctor, if you go and do your blood work, a doctor probably won't even call you to go over your blood work unless something's wrong with you. Like if, if they go look at it and say, Oh, this person's diabetic, I got to call them and tell them that they need insulin. Yeah. That that's when you're going to get a phone call, right? You're not going to get a phone call. Mm-hmm. if They're like, well, you know, He's got some high cholesterol. He could have some, you know, clogged arteries going on, but we're not going to call him until he strokes out. So <laughs> that, that, that's a, that's a huge difference to it. I mean, hey, it's, it's true guys. I mean, that's just reality yeah. of what we do. But right. yeah, for me, I, I, I figured out early on sports were my way, you know, similar to Caleb, uh, sports were my way of, of working out. And my drive was to be, the best athlete that I could be and get a college scholarship and all this fun stuff. And then out of college, I realized, you know, I was working full time and priorities changed a lot, but I realized like, what's my next motivator to get me to consistently, you know, want to be at optimal health because I, I gotta be honest. So like I enjoy a slice of pizza and stuff. So like, I don't, I don't know that my drive fully would be motivated by, I, I just got to be this healthy because I want to live to be a hundred, but I figured out, Hey, hunting and backcountry hunting, that's my motivator right there. Like, I don't want to be winded. I don't want to be hurting. I want to be in the best shape possible. And that's kind of how I cater everything to, to what I do now. And that's worked, you know, and, and I still do all the other fun stuff with it to, promote optimal health so so yeah yeah i've often thought that same exact thing about you know when i was when i was in high school and jake could attest to this i was obsessed with being in the weight room all the time i mean just Mm -hmm. spent a ton of time hitting the weights and then once high school ended and so therefore you know i ended up playing a year of football in college and uh, i had a pretty serious knee injury uh, that required surgery and everything my junior high school. And that, that changed my, you know, changed my physical health to some extent, my physical abilities to some extent, but it also changed my mental health for the better. Right. It helped me not be so hyper-focused on just one thing that's really, you know, uh, when you think about it, well, that's kind of the point of this part of the conversation sports are so temporary for most people. You know what I mean? The, the, especially once after high school, I mean, how few of kids go on to play beyond height, the high school level of anything, you know? And, uh, it became a lot harder to just have that drive to be working out. And now that I've gotten into hunting more and more and more, and, you know, Alex is, is taking me out to Montana and, Alex knows all the other hunting aspirations that I have, you know, it's, I got to be in good health if I'm going to be able to handle that, you know? And so Mm -hmm. there's the, there's that motivation is back. You know what I mean? To, 
to like, uh, get me, get me doing what I need to do to stay healthier. And so mm-hmm. I think that that side of hunting is, is one of the examples for how, if you really pursue this lifestyle, it's a richer, deeper, more living in the moment way of doing life. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you're, yeah. you're more in tune when you, when you choose to do that. So yeah, I think that that is that is definitely worthwhile mentioning. So, well, yeah, can't, just to, to to frame that up, right? The sincere time of of you know, kind of focusing on this this bear hunt, do you feel like you're healthier? Right. Yep. One hundred percent. I've this has All been right. put it this way. This has been my healthiest year. Uh, you know, not counting when I got COVID. <laughs> this has been my healthiest. <laughs> my healthiest year of teaching you know i've had the fewest like colds and the fewest i've i've been so there's obviously been like the the hiking prep and the the core workout prep and stuff like that that i've been doing for the hunt but i've been eating a lot better in preparation for this hunt too like i've been eating a lot cleaner and and, you know I i haven't been perfect but i've been way way better you know, I'd say 90% mm-hmm. better. And, and, uh, it's, it's changed my health for sure. So yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Alex, just the, I feel the healthiest I've been in years. Well, and I, and I, and I, I, I just asked that because, you know, you, you, if you really look at it and let's, let's really say you're looking at that holistic point of view of your health, like now you're, now you're going to frame up the other end, right? You got you got healthier food as well because you have wild game in your diet, right? So yep. if you really drive this thing, it is a it is a huge promotion of your own health, at, mm. and and you put yourself to have a sense of purpose for everything that you do. And what yeah. I've learned is, you know, mentoring and coaching salespeople and and other people on performance, you know, you, you're better off. Like people aren't motivated long term, right? If 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 everybody was motivated long term, they'd they'd uh, actually invest and save money for their retirement, and that's like unheard of for most folks. I, I have to slap them upside the head to get them to move in that direction. So psychologically, you can learn most people don't do things long term; they do short term. So if you can look at what's the what's the next hunt you got, what's the next prep you got, what's the next thing that mm-hmm. that you're driving for, and you put that every two three months in somebody's window, they're going to be much more motivated to continue that lifestyle because now it becomes part of your lifestyle. Right. And, and on the opposite right. end, I mean, I got, I got clients on the other end uh, with, you know, with, with hunting, they, you know, if they don't, if they don't get into shape, like I'll drop them as a client because I can't take them out there or I can't send them out there and put them in a, in a physical risk. It's just not worth it. It's not yeah. worth taking their money. Yeah. If they're not willing to invest in themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's important, but, but you really can drive the, the whole health and wellness side to it. And I think there really is a huge tie to it on, on that end for, for folks. If they really, if they really, they really can kind of see the sense of purpose there. Mm-hmm. I call that, um, with coaching, when I talk about to my distance athletes, I, I talk about earning the right to run more. And in your case, Alex, you mm. might be, they might be earning the right to hunt more or push themselves further on a hunt. Yeah, right? that's spot on. The, psycho- the psychology of, of athletes, right? Yeah, for sure. Well, we're, we're glad to have Caleb on for the first time ever. We, we got to know him now a little bit. And uh, we almost need to reintroduce the other guy because he's just so important and so busy. <laughs> Now he never comes on anymore. 
But uh, we were yeah, able yeah, to yeah. we were able to rope him in tonight, <laughs> and that is old Jake Erdu, my uh, baby brother Jake, who uh, actually, you know, now another uh, freaky connection here with Caleb. I just found <laughs> out has gone uh, fishing with uh, Caleb's uh, uh, brother-in-law, and uh, you know my mystery brother Luke. He. You know, I've I've tried to get Luke on the podcast multiple times. I tried to get Luke to tell his story of actually, I should say, stories of all the times that we've been on like uh, you know backcountry uh, campouts and stuff, and he's fallen into the water somehow. <laughs> I think there's I think there's four of those stories actually. Um, I'm not I'm not kidding, <laughs> but. Uh, I Two of them in the same exact spot, different he, years. He uh, he prefers <laughs> to remain anonymous, but uh, I believe, Jake, correct me if I'm wrong here. Your brother-in-law, Caleb, was my middle brother, Luke. He was Luke's best man in his wedding. So it's really mm-hmm. a coming full circle here. But uh, <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were they were they were great friends growing up, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. But Jake. Speaking of best friends, man, what a transition. Speaking of best <laughs> friends, you and your best friend, old Garrett Fike, multi-time uh, guest on this year podcast, you guys for the first time, well, not for the first time for him, but for the first time for you, are pointing your wagons west and you're going to go and uh, do a little hunting up in North Dakota. Yep. Yeah, so it's uh, any deer tag, and it's statewide, uh, so you can shoot mule deer, whitetail. Uh, but we're going to focus on whitetail, uh, or sorry, mule deer. And uh, we're planning on going out kind of by the Theodore Roosevelt National Forest out there. Um, Fike was living up in North Dakota there for, I think, two or three years, and he spent some time out there. I think he found some mule deer sheds out there. So oh, man. That's some places. Kind of <laughs> kind of get started um so yeah <laughs> we'll pick some up for you um but yeah we're really excited i'm i just love the adventure of it and i could have gone anywhere and been happy but uh i've never been to north dakota before so that's cool in and of itself and yeah i'm just really looking forward to getting out there seeing the scenery and then hoping to see some mule deer yeah definitely so it's it's an archery hunt and uh, I know from actually interviewing Fike before, he told us a story about uh, the buck he shot when he was living up there, a whitetail. Uh, I believe, Alex, you probably know this. You can confirm this. Uh, private land that is not posted as no trespassing in North Dakota is uh, accessible to the public. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah, so the only other places where I've heard of that being the case are out east, I believe. Um, New Hampshire, I know that's the rule there, as well as Maine. And uh, me? Arizona. Arizona. Oh, really? Arizona's got that. That's a good little little (laughs) fact to know. Um, And uh, I think maybe even Vermont might have that same that same allowance as well. So pretty cool opportunity up there. And, um, man, you're with a, you're with a bow hunting legend there with uh, old Garrett Fike. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, Hopefully yeah, some, some of his luck, luck wears off on me. And 
Okay. <laughs> couple. Yeah, definitely. And you're using uh, traditional equipment, right? Yep, I'm going to take my recurve up there, and I think he is as well. Uh, one of the things oh, we're most wow. looking forward to is uh, they call it stump shooting. So you put a certain head on one of your arrows, and then you kind of just shoot at a rock that you both see when you're walking by it or a stump or whatever else. And so that's something the traditional guys really like to do. Um, just, just to, like, stay stump. sharp or whatever? Yeah, it's just kind of fun, you know. It's kind of like throwing a rock at something. Man, when you when you talk traditional, you're really talking. That's like traditional 3D <laughs> tournament right there. <laughs> that's cool though, because I mean, that's kind of that's you know, that added challenge of you know what's the distance, just offhand, you know, and then you're mm-hmm. shooting for something that's pretty small. I mean, that kind of keeps you sharp with things. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, right. So, and plus the recurve hey, is yeah. much lighter than a compound. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Hey, Jake, uh, just so you know, so North North Dakota does allow, technically, if it's not posted, that you can go on private. However, mm-hmm. North Dakota is also the very first state to allow landowners to post their uh, trespassing or no trespassing online. So, oh, I see. Uh, I can mm. actually send you, I can send you this website, but you actually have to go check on the website to see if it allows it or doesn't allow it or if it's not posted. Wow. Otherwise, if you are on the land and they posted it online and a conservation officer comes by because they call you, you, you're actually going to get fined. I see. Mm. Yeah, that's good to know. That's, that's good information. Yeah, yeah, that's really good to know. That, that could oh, be. look at that. Look at that. All that good, all that good info. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, why, that's, that's, that's why we, we keep Alex here. He's our, uh, yeah. he's our, he's our <laughs> resident in the mail after this. <laughs> so jake you may have said this already and uh i may have not heard it but what time of year are you guys going is it is this an october hunt or a uh it's uh in september i think the season is september okay well brandon can relate to that you know that's when they start getting to chase whitetails out there in delaware oh, man it's a great time i mean it's that's they're in their summer patterns i mean uh, sometimes it can be the easiest time to pattern a giant man so that's that's exciting yeah. that's right now that you got one of your giant sheds off old uh, professor x that yeah. might uh, that might come together for you in in september but <laughs> you're hoping that's right that's right so jake do you guys plan to like have some private ground picked out or are you going to do all public ground uh we haven't talked a whole lot about it yet we just got the we just found out, I think, last week that we got the tags. Um, and I think we got the tags early this week. But, um, yeah, we haven't talked about it a whole lot. We were kind of thinking if we did get the tags, we would do public. Um, he's got some friends that live out there, though, that we can always uh, go over there. But we were planning on doing public. There's quite a bit of it out there. Um, mm. You could spend a lot of time out there and see it all. So um that's the route we're gonna focus on well that's awesome yeah i i'm super happy for you i'm excited for you um you're definitely welcome to uh use some of my gear but uh um i think uh you'll have to take the pants in a little bit there uh (laughs) jake jake you know jake used to be like the chubby brother when we were little (laughs) my nickname was rolls he's like this this uh, bean pole now. I think it's because you, you know, 
walks like 20 miles every day at work. Believe me, I know. I used to work for him. And uh, <laughs> you know what, Jake? We should tell a story about the time when you uh, decided to rent a jackhammer for us to tear out this section of uh, asphalt at this uh, apartment complex uh, after I already had it all the way pretty well torn out with a pickaxe. <laughs> yes. As if we're, you know, doing asphalt work in the late 1890s. You know, <laughs> you know I'm sitting here. You're making such good progress that I didn't want to stop you. Oh, I think I'm going to go get a jackhammer. <laughs> Comes back two hours later. You wouldn't believe the line at the rental place. Oh, wow. You got most of that done already. Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> uh, Jake, Jake, uh, Jake's definitely the, the bean pole. You know, I, I played lineman my whole life, so I'm a... Uh, I'm just one of those people who's kind of, you know, naturally, you know, always had to wear the Husky boy jeans. And, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I have good leverage though, you know, cause when you play offensive line, defensive line, it's all about leverage. So I'm excited to get motoring up the mountain here soon, but, um, no, Jake, uh, you got some gear to buy, I'm sure, but, uh, it's kind of cool that you're living out this dream trip. I mean, just a few months after I'm going on mine and, mm-hmm. uh, it'd be cool to share some of the, some of my gear with you and, and, uh, help you on your way that way. And Appreciate if it. you find yourself needing more gear, don't forget about good old black Ovis. One of our partners here, mm-hmm. uh, do, do some, uh, work uh, with them. We've had them on the show even. And a great place to buy gear. Alex knows uh, about how much money I've spent at Black Ovis and Camo Fire Sand Company. Uh, <laughs> and prep- I'll join you on that. Uh, <laughs> I love Black Ovis. Oh, I do. And yeah. Gotta, I gotta give them, uh, gotta give them props with the new crispies they rolled out. Oh yeah, yep, yeah. It that Black Ovis really is is uh, I mean second to none, and it's such a good good place to equip yourself for a first time trip like this but um yeah so jake head over there or you can talk to uh, this guy i know at east to west hunts who uh does uh <laughs> equipment rentals and everything else so uh there's yeah give me a call yep that's right yeah, that's awesome and also uh, good for consult consultant work for anything you might think you may need and uh or anything that you uh may have missed but no it's i'm excited for you for sure you know alex i was thinking the other day uh we we definitely need to do a podcast with you me rasty and edwin uh at some point either before or after the trip you know i was i you you sent that uh you sent that picture of edwin back back in the day edwin is actually i'm gonna get this i'm gonna get this uh screwed up somehow but uh, Edwin was like a competition. Was it was it a uh, salsa dancing that he did? Yeah. So he's he's uh, actually in multiple multiple uh, styles of dance, but he's actually a world champion uh, dancer. Yeah. I mean, this and is this is the also, real deal. He's also a he's also a record holding weightlifter in <laughs> yeah. Olympic lifting. And uh-huh. then he, um, yeah, so, so he, he's got a really cool story, man. So he used to work for me, um, and he, we worked for the same company, actually. 
uh, but he moved. So like he worked for me in Vegas and now he, he lives in Texas. Obviously I moved back to Michigan, but, but his, his, yeah, I mean, he was a, basically a ball, he's a world record ballroom dancer. And then he also owned his own company that basically did, uh, you know, dance lessons. And that he did that competitively for, I think like 12 years. Wow. Turned into, um, he got turned on to lifting and like kind of the performance side of things. He got involved with that. And uh, he and his wife both were on the Las Vegas Strip performing for years on La Rev, which is a very huge, uh, it's a big deal. I mean, that's a, wow. that's a show that goes on every single night, you know, for ages on the Strip. So... Uh, you would not expect to uh, to see that guy as a per, as a performer on the strip when you see him uh, how he looks now. I mean, he's just he's a jacked animal. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's, he is. He is a monster. Dude's, dude's lifting six hundred pounds. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. so when you when you shared that picture of him the other day uh, doing this like incredibly athletic dance move. Um, I was thinking, like, man, there's going to be some some serious talent in the camp, and um, I, I was like, <laughs> you guys yeah, I wish make I, a TikTok. I, <laughs> well, I was like, I wish I had something to offer, and uh, you know, I'm I'm not like musically inclined by any means, but then I just started thinking, I was like, you know, it'd be really awesome if I knew how to play the harmonica, and then you know. I was just like, uh, we're all sitting there, you know, just, just shooting the breeze or whatever around the campfire. All of a sudden, I just whip out this harmonica. And I have this amazing talent that I could share. But, alas, I can't play the harmonica, and I have no amazing talents to share. But I do hope. Ken, Ken I think that's your talent. You've come up with the most random stuff. I think it's hilarious. So that's what you're going to have. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, you know, his like, talent man, won't be he, driving the truck, though. <laughs> no, it won't. But, but don't, it'll definitely don't, make don't us tell Rasty about sure. my problem with, with sleeping while I drive. That's don't don't, don't tell Rasty. No, oh, wow. I'm, I'm planning to be like on uh, espresso IVs. I'm gonna I'm gonna be like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be wired. I've often thought I need to put in my car like this. It, you know how uh, they they have like those in case of emergency break glass to like open up the fire extinguisher or whatever. And they have like this little hammer hanging there from the. I need to uh-huh. like, put one of those in my car. That's like in case of extreme sleepiness, break glass. And then have like espresso beans and uh, you know like sunflower seeds, uh, like five hour energy, something like that. You know. Uh, Mountain Ops Ignite maybe would would do it, but uh, oh, ignites ignites the jam. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I'm definitely bringing some on the trip, so that way, uh, if I'm feeling a little uh, little gassed after a big pack out or something, you know, mm, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I'll be uh, I'll be getting a drink of that. So, but man, we got a lot to look forward to here. Um, Alex is actually going out turkey hunting this weekend. Uh, I believe yep. Alex kind of previewed this a little bit in um, our most recent episode of Hunt Therapy. It's kind of a new, just one more reason to consider uh, coming a customer of East West Hunts. Uh, but Alex is actually uh, 
going to be getting some of his other clients together and uh, going to do a turkey hunt there in Michigan. And uh, Brandon, turkeys in Delaware yeah. are still going on, right, buddy? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, um, actually, one of our guys got one this morning. So, yeah, it was, that right. was really exciting. Um, he had, it was kind of an interesting situation, but had a, uh, had a nice big time come in and, you know, just was very wary. Um, would not come out on the field and left. And I mean, he just started, you know, doing some aggressive calling. I mean, he really started aggressively calling, got turned around, um, got the bird turned around uh, a little bit. He turned himself around and ended up, you know, so it ended up being a 35 yard shot. So it was, I mean, it wasn't a close shot, but I mean, he did a great job, got the bird down. And I mean, we, we still have, I mean, at least nine other good birds on the couple properties wow. um, that we've been looking at. So, I mean, we're, uh, this, this, uh, Saturday is the last day we've got a, we actually have a nor'easter coming in, uh, this week, this, this Saturday, Sunday. So we're going to try to get some, a couple of the guys are going to go tomorrow. And then I think we can get one more hunt in Saturday morning. And, uh, I mean, it's been great. We've got a, We've got several birds down. I was able to help call one in for my brother and, then of course we talked about the uh, uh, we just so happened to see a bird right after it got hit by a vehicle right across the road from our property and ended up being the biggest tom of all believe it or not and uh, <laughs> of course they, they uh, the guy one guy went ahead and tagged it you know we didn't want to see the bird go to waste and come to find out uh, one rib had broken and pierced the heart and that was it so I mean it was it it really had barely any damage and and now you know one of our other guys gets another one so. Hoping to finish it out strong and get one more, and it's been a good year so far. Yeah, yeah, for yeah that's sure. awesome. Yep. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, some of your uh, East Coast luck it can uh, get into the pocket of both Alex and me because I'm also heading out to uh, do a little oh, turkey nice. hunting this weekend. And uh, nice. Yeah, you know, that's great. I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to make it happen. I really would. I was telling Caitlin the other day. You know, it's like. Man, it's such an awesome shed season. Uh, just, you know, finding all the sheds you did this year. And a lot of, I mean, Caleb can attest to this, a lot of quality sheds this year, too. I mean. You outdid me way, way more there. Like two, <laughs> two to one. I don't know what that's about. But every time he took the right line, and found the massive ones. Oh, man. Well, actually, Caleb could uh, tell the story about when I jumped out of the moving vehicle to go pick up my all-time biggest. Thing. I was even like, don't you want to stop and get the pickup? He's like, gone. Man. <laughs> I didn't even shut the door on my way out. I just, uh, I just bailed. But uh, no, it's been such a good year with sheds that I feel like you know it's too much to ask for anything else. But last year I got a lot closer with turkeys, and by, by meaning a lot closer, I actually heard some while I was turkey hunting, and uh, I think I saw a, a couple hens. Uh, so yeah. I got a good idea. Also, when I shot my buck this year which jake was with me when i shot uh, my 2021 buck uh right after i i fired i want to say maybe like just a couple minutes after that uh, uh jake or young tom flew up uh off the ground he was must have been right down by my stand i didn't even see he must have been like like just kind of chilling down there because i didn't see him moving around or anything all of a sudden kind of out of the tree line you know, this turkey flies up to roost. And uh, uh, so I know there's there's turkeys in that area. Jake and I saw another one. We were shed hunting on this farm this spring. And uh, so I, I got a good idea where I want to move in. I've actually got 
a lot of turkeys on trail camera too in kind of this area. So um, I'm feeling pretty good, honestly. I'm going to just be a little, you know, I was very, I eased off big time last year, but I'm going to try and be more aggressive with my setup this year and just get in a lot tighter to where I think they're going to be and um, nice. you know, hope for the best. I mean, that's really all we can do, right? So um, that's, that's, where, that's where you know some birds are in the area. Have you been have you been able to scout it out a little bit in the evenings and whatnot? Yeah, you know, I I haven't been out there since Jake and I were shed hunting. It's a it's a little ways away from from where I live, a couple hours. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's you know every time I'm out there, it's like specifically to shed hunt or to hunt. So I'm gonna I'm gonna um, you know try and get out there if we can get out there early enough Friday. Which you know that's the nice thing about mm-hmm. this time of year is you get that extra daylight i'm heading west so i'll actually extend my daylight by probably another close to 10 minutes that way too so Mm -hmm. you know i'll have light probably almost till nine o'clock i mean most turkeys will probably be up roosted by them but actually that's what i did last Mm -hmm. year and i saw i saw a turkey fly up to roost last year and right when we got there and so that's kind of why we set up where we did i just thought calling was going to be more effective than what it was um Mm -hmm. so now i'm not gonna i'm just gonna get in there a lot tighter to the the primary cover and hope for the best you know so great i'm glad you're getting out there that's exciting excited to hear about it yeah yeah for sure i'm i'm really stoked for that and i've been out mushroom hunting took the kids out um and caitlin actually went went along too my wife uh, we went out uh, oh Tuesday evening, mm-hmm. and uh, no mushrooms yet. Uh, there's people ah. around here picking them up, but I don't know. I just have not been able to figure out the mushroom game very well at all. I've found a few of them through the years, but but uh, I don't know. It, there's there's something either I'm missing, or I mean, it's one of those things where. It was kind of like when Caleb and I hit the the mother load on the sheds this year. I mean, we were just in the spot. And if you don't have access mm-hmm. to the spot, you know, mm-hmm. you're just never gonna you're never gonna do well. And so I don't know if it's more of that's my problem, or I just I, I I really don't know enough about it yet. Although I have been mushroom hunting, I'd say probably for I don't know maybe four or five seasons now. So mm-hmm. I'd like to I'd like to start seeing some better results there. And, and scooping yeah. some up, but I'm gonna, we'll probably end up, you know, Jonas, my son, who's going on a turkey hunt, he'll probably get bored early enough that maybe we'll turn into a mushroom hunt or something there in the timber. But there you go. But um, it'll be, I don't know. I'm just, I feel very fortunate the way this spring has been, and and uh, then of course the bear hunt is kind of the the carrot at the end of the spring, right? That's, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's waiting there. And, you know, everything about that has been a ton of fun getting out, uh, did some long range practice with Rasty. Alex knows about that and got the, the photo evidence there, but, uh, been out doing some, of some of that, we need to do a lot more with that. So, um, I mean, Alex, I think it, you, you can, you can disagree with me on this if I'm, if I'm wrong here, but I think we really need to be uh have some level of comfort with with 400 yard shots uh for for this bear hunt i mean just 
just uh, a lot of the videos I've watched on YouTube of guys doing these hunts. That's that's a and sometimes they're shooting even farther than that. I mean, there's guys hitting them at 650 yards. Um, we'll never we'll wow. never be <laughs> we'll never be to that level uh, for this trip. But but um, we'd like to you know we've already taken some shots at 200. And, you know, we've hit, we both hit kill shots at 200. Uh, so we need to now double that. And, and I think we can, and, uh, you know, it'll be fun to do that. Alex got us hooked up with a spotting scope. So that's made the sighting in process a lot easier. And then, um, Alex knows well that I have a fair amount of paranoia about grizzlies going into this one. So I've been motivated to practice mm. with my bear pistol and definitely going to do a lot more of that. And, uh, but also feeling confident with that. Um, we, so Rasty and I, we both had our pistols out the other day and, uh, we're shooting at this old stump and, um, my, my Glock 20, my 10 mil was knocking bark off of the backside of the stump when, uh, when those shots were, were hitting. So I was, uh, I was really pleased with that. And, uh, you know, just the the evidence of of the impact damage that that round is capable of. I, I'm really happy mm, with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, still got yeah, some no things there. to do, but got some gear to test a little bit yet. We want to get out, get the packs on our back, and do a do a good bit of hiking with those just to see how everything's riding. Alex, you actually did that recently with yours. I think. Uh, what what'd you do? You did 50, yeah. 50 pounds, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did fifty five. However, I'd recommend uh, you, you got to have at least like like thirty pounds minimum is pretty much like what you what you need to really appropriately size the pack as far as your torso mm. and all that. So yeah, so find some find some stuff in there, or honestly, just pack all your gear that you're taking and make it as real as possible and see how everything fits and kind of figure out where you want to put stuff. And, yeah, definitely. And then, that, uh, that's exactly what we're going to do. So, yeah. And then, you know, your hydro bladder, I mean, water will add plenty of weight in there right off the bat. You guys should be good. It's just, just find that, that fitting and you don't have enough, you don't have a lot of room in between your, you know, your shoulder harness essentially and your, and your back there and, Mm. uh get comfortable because you know again you know we could be hiking in five miles we could be you know hiking in one but you you want to be over prepared than under prepared yeah yeah so i mean it's kind of cool as we stare down the the rest of the opportunities that there are this spring and you know brandon with his turkey hunting still uh alex with his and course mine and, and then the bear hunts it's i think it's a underutilized underappreciated time of the year if you're an outdoorsman mm-hmm. and uh yeah. caleb's caleb's big into the fishing jake's big into the fishing so uh i'm sure those guys will be out on the water i know alex and brandon like to do that too as do i and mm-hmm. you know uh one, one of the cool things that uh, uh my wife caitlin and i have done for several years we didn't get to do this last year because of the move and just the time with that and everything but um we like to for our anniversary each year take a trip now it's not necessarily like right on our anniversary it's kind of based on availability but take a trip up to northeast iowa where there's uh some really uh just pristine trout streams 
Mm. And uh, mm. um, it's best if you go like in kind of the hotter time of the year because then you can wade in those cold water streams. <laughs> it is just so nice. So, you know, wade through the streams, cast them for trout. And and uh, so yeah. even, in, even in the summer, my least favorite season, I have something mm. to – I have something to look forward to. Just feel blessed, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe we should title yeah. title this episode that because it just feels pretty stinking good right now to be enjoying what to be enjoying what I've been able to. Yeah, yeah. Well said. I mean, honestly, one thing that uh, that just you know this recurring theme that kind of keeps coming back is is you know adventure. One of the guys mentioned you know preparing for the adventure to come and. It's really cool how that can embody so many different things. You know, it can be for for someone who's older who maybe doesn't have the ability to go on a distance hunt or something like that. It can be getting out and, you know, going bass fishing at a local farm pond. Or it can be going on a bear hunt and preparing, you know, all the preparation that goes into it ahead of time. You know, that's part of the journey, too. And so it's neat to hear it's neat to hear us all get excited about, you know, not just doing the actual thing, but preparing for it as, because it's all part of the journey and all part of the fun. Yeah. Well said, Brandon, as always. <laughs> well, guys, we're about at that hour mark. Any uh, concluding thoughts here? Things you wish should have been brought up or you want to, you want to state before uh, we move on. When do you guys leave on your bear hunt? Uh, kind of in phases. Alex, when are you and Edwin taking off again? Um, I fly out the 22nd. Okay. Yep. So a few days, a few days before Rasty and I get out there, obviously Rasty and I, we're both teachers. We got to wait on the end of the school year, but, um, mm-hmm. we'll be a few days after that. And as we kind of move through this spring and enjoy these different things we that it has to offer, it's just, uh, all the more sweet. So. Well said. Exciting. Jake, any closing thoughts? Nope. Uh, I just started shooting my bow again today, so my tendonitis is virtually gone. So that's good. good. Uh, I think uh, I've been building a garage in my backyard, and all the hammerings really have been stretching it out. So mm, <laughs> I thought it would make go. it ten times worse, but it's actually helped it. So yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good reminder. We should all be busting out the archery equipment and uh, trying to get re rekeyed in before the season gets here. Um, especially if I'm going to be running around here with Caleb. Caleb's good at, at uh, arrowing bucks. He shot a real nice one last mm. season. And uh, I think, Caleb, didn't you even – is that when you found that arrowhead? Was that when you shot that buck? No, same property. But, uh, yeah, I, I – I found an arrowhead on, which is kind of special. One of it's in a different stand. I actually harvested two bucks this fall, and um, one of the stands I that I've harvested three out of my four quote unquote biggest or best bucks. Um, I found an arrowhead on that same ridge, which which uh, Kent and I were talking, awesome. and that's kind of a a neat testament to just how long people have been harvesting or at least hunting whitetail deer in that area. Which is mm. uh, it's definitely like one of the coolest things I think I've ever found. It's actually still kind of sharp, which is crazy um, wow. to think that that's been buried under the dirt. And um, I found it walking up a deer trail to this ridge and um, a few years back. But but it's it's definitely kind of a neat a neat thing that is like okay, that stand I can't ever move it now because it's been hunted on for <laughs> hundreds of years probably. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, for sure. That it's a powerful moment when you when you get those those kind of connections. But no, it's a it's a good reminder. Just as our ancestors were experts with the bow, and and uh, their what it took for them to uh, stick around long enough for uh, their genes to be passed on to ours. We need to do our part in uh, preparing for a successful hunt as well. And uh, just as Alex talked about earlier, a lot of times that's the physical side of it, but uh, some of it's just the gear and and knowing our equipment well and and uh, putting in the practice to be proficient. So good, uh, good plans there, Jake. Um, Caleb, thank you again for coming on for the first time ever here on the show. Looking forward to having you as a regular and and doing some cool projects with you down the road. And uh, excited to see uh, what this fall leads to for uh, for you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I can't uh, wait to meet everybody on here in person, hopefully sometime. We'll have to meet up if we can at some point. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I just have about a million questions to ask everybody, you know, including the bear hunt. I don't know anything about bear hunting. And so it'd be fun mm. to hear more about the strategy that goes into that without giving away too much, right? And uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but just hear that, and I'm excited to hear the stories, and and uh, yeah, we definitely my my spring is going to be different. As Kent was mentioning, when he moved, it slowed down a bit, and that's where I'm at right now with moving, and I'm anxious to get in the turkey woods because I've heard a ton of gobbles mm. this spring on some of these these places. We have permission to shed hunt. We oddly enough also have permission to turkey hunt. The deer hunting's coming third here, oh. so. Uh, awesome. it's, it's, uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm anxious to get out there, but for now I've got, I've got to be patient and wait a year and, mm-hmm. uh, and the, yeah, but, but uh, fishing will, fishing will hold me over a little bit, I guess. And, uh, yeah. I'll yeah. just, I'll live vicarious through you all as I hear about bear hunting and turkey hunting and <laughs> whatever else. <laughs> yep. That's a, that's a good way to state it. And, uh, Alex, good luck tomorrow. I uh, hope you guys are able to call one in and get it on the ground. And, uh, you know, if you do better get that, uh, gobbler down text. Oh, don't you worry. I'll, I'll have them posted. We got, <laughs> we got four guys. So I, I expect four gobblers to go down in, in the next couple of days here. That's awesome. Well, nice. Hey, remember nice. Alex last year, we invented the, uh, concept of the triple crown. So this weekend, make sure you keep an eye out for those morels, a shed, and a turkey, and you got Dad. yourself a, you got yourself the elusive triple crown. <laughs> <laughs> and we still we still gotta make those shirts. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I was thinking about that the other day. I I was telling the I was telling uh, Chris Chain from my season report, my season report, my season report. Little shout out to Chris um, of our idea. He's like, you know, I don't think you're gonna sell many of those shirts because you know he's saying nobody nobody's going to qualify. I was like, you know what? Maybe we, maybe first gen hunters should just make like, I don't know, 15 shirts and just give them away. You know, have, have listeners be like, uh, uh, Hey, I got the triple crown and, you know, you got to have proof or something. And mm. while supplies last, you know, I'd have to say, or else it'd be like that one. Remember that one NBA player. That's like everybody who retweets me. If the, I think it was, if the Cavs win the finals, I'll buy you all a uh, mm-hmm. a jersey or whatever, and he ended up like owing I don't know, it was like a couple million people uh, a jersey or something. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> I got to be careful how I word this. But uh, I think that'd be awesome to get a, a triple crown T shirt going. So I'll be definitely uh, hoping to to you know strike it lucky and and uh, 
pick up a triple crown shirt of my own this weekend too. So make sure though, if you're, you're tuning in that you're pursuing your own triple crown. And, uh, when you're not out in the woods, be on your cell phone. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I probably don't have to tell you that. We're, our, our species is a, is a, is addictive. It's our, it's like our, uh, you know, 12th body system is the cell phone. But, uh, when you in moderation, go onto your cell phone, make sure you head over to alexgruen.com. Don't forget about the promo code first gen 10. When you're checking out with your very own hunt planning service that you've lined up with Alex and all this great stuff about bear hunting and turkey hunting and every other kind of hunting that you can do within the, the wonderful United States of America. Alex is your man mm-hmm. to help you get it done. And uh, you'll be uh, glad that you that you are a client of his. And please don't forget about thehuntfishlife.com. Uh, you can go and uh, tune in and see what, everything that's going on in Delaware as they wrap up turkey season and get ready for uh, saltwater fishing season and freshwater fishing season uh, that's uh, coming up for them. And uh, please, when you're done there, don't forget to uh, check out firstgenhunter.com. Been getting a lot of views here lately there. A lot of people checking out the Chalk Shed uh, Rehab Project. Um, I'm looking at that shed right here. Caleb, you can judge it for me. How's it look, buddy? Looks pretty great, actually. Yeah, man. Uh, the, 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 the one side's a little rough, but if you could all see how that thing looked when I pulled it up out of the ground and the look on Caitlin's face when she saw me bringing that thing home, uh, you'd be impressed too with how it turned <laughs> out. So uh, head over there. You can find cool articles like that. And uh, don't forget about our new guy here, Caleb, All American Outdoorsman, right, yep. is the handle. So at All American outdoorsman and uh find him on instagram you'll see him tagged in all kinds of my shed hunting posts and stuff like that too so if you can find me you can find him but uh thank you so much for tuning in don't forget to write to us give us questions give us feedback give us uh, your thoughts and opinions we love to hear them love interacting with you and uh can't wait to hear from you soon Till next time though people take care and take someone hunting